0: Good morning, my friends and my family. God bless you. Welcome back to the Morning Devo. This is part of the Holy Week, doing a series on the Holy Week. Why we call it the Holy Week It's the last week that is documented in the new covenant about Jesus right before he went to the cross um, to die for my sin and for your sins as a atonement for sins, as a payment to the sin debt. And he didn't have to do it. He laid down his life for us. The Bible literally says, literally says that um, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And what was Jesus sent to do? He, the Lord, our Savior, was sent to lay his life down for his creation. For humanity. Once and for all. He's not going to do it again. It's not an over and over again thing. But we celebrate this Holy Week because we know um, we know some things about the last week of the Lord's earthly ministry before the cross. And because we know it, we go to it. Amen. And we study it. We look at it. We remember it. Amen. And we stay focused on it because without that Holy Week, amen, without that Friday, that came from that Holy Week, then Sunday wouldn't matter. In other words, if it wasn't for the cross, um, there would be no resurrection. If it wasn't for the Lord laying his life down, there would be no resurrection of his life. And without the resurrection, the Apostle Paul says, of the Lord Jesus, then we are to be most pitied of all people as Christians because we don't have a gospel if the Lord Jesus had not risen from the dead. Plain and simple, right? Amen. Good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. Yes, we're trying to praise the Lord over here on the Morning Devo. So this is actually, um, I'm calling this one the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives. And this is, Jesus said what? Number 36. 36 episodes in. Amen. God is faithful. Holy Week, also known as Passion Week, is the week of Lent leading up to the death And resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christians, believers, those who identify with Christ, we identify uh, with this and we celebrate and remember the life of Jesus throughout this week. It's Holy Week. Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. That's what I'm calling this one. Amen. And there's a lot that he did on Holy Tuesday. Holy Monday, Jesus is at the temple cursing a fig tree. Because the fig tree did not bear fruit. And whatever does not bear fruit is really not part of the vine. It's not part of the kingdom because we are to bear fruit. And our fruit is to be seen um, by many. We're supposed to be fruitful, amen, and continue to help others as we praise our living King and our living Lord, amen. And then Tuesday, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. So we're going to be on Tuesday. Um, Last time we focused on Palm Sunday, they call it his triumphant entrance um, into Jerusalem. Um, He ran, um, he rode in on a donkey, uh, which satisfied one of the prophecies, amen, about how the Lord would raise um, his humility or if he would humble himself to come in that way. Because the people thought he was coming in on a white horse getting ready to overthrow the government and system right there to liberate the people of israel um but he is the fulfillment of prophecy right he's the fulfillment of scripture he's the fulfillment of law so he went by way of his word not by way of the world amen and jesus doesn't go by way of the world he goes by way of his word because he's the living word the fulfillment of the word so today is tuesday So I decided let me catch up and Holy Tuesday when Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives on Tuesday morning. Amen. And we're going to be in that area right there. I can't, because of time, I can't really go into too much detail on these morning devos. But I'm trying to steer you. I'm trying to provoke you to get into them scriptures for yourself. So that way you can see what we're talking about for yourself. Damascus Media TV, Brother Gio, God bless Good morning, family, and happy Passover season. Hosanna to the highest. Yes. Whatever situation you might face and what I face, I'm going to yell Hosanna to the highest over that situation. Amen. The Exodus isn't just from Egypt. It's from everlasting death. Wow. Yep. You're right. Jesus came to kill sin and death. And people are going around saying, oh, Jesus came to condemn the world. And they don't know their scriptures. Jesus did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. It was a rescue mission. And guess what? He completed his mission on the cross. He said, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. Amen. We have to look at the details sometimes of the scriptures or all the time of the scriptures. So that way you won't be misled by so many popular um, teachings out there that say otherwise, that say other things than what the scripture actually says. So thank you for coming through my brother my bro and my friend. So um, let's go for it. Let's pray. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or any prayer requests for all those who are listening on the audio version on the podcast, shout out to you as well. Um, shout out to the United States, India, Canada, and Philippines. Um, you guys came in in the first uh, four, top four, top five um, listenership on the podcast, and I'm grateful for to have you. Amen. So let's go for it. Let's pray. After we pray, we'll share this out for like 60 seconds to as many people that come to our mind and come to our heart. Amen. And let's share this out. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this holy week, for an opportunity to remember of what you have accomplished, what you have done in and through the lives of all the people that you have um Touched in the hearts that you have transformed and renewed and restored. I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to guide us and guard us and protect us in this dying world. Continue to fill us with your life by way of your Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, for what you've done, what you've completed, what you continue to do, how you continue to do what you do because you're holy, you're just, you're sovereign, you're all powerful, almighty. You are able to rescue, able to save, and able to perform what your Word says. It will perform. Thank you, Lord God, for being the living king, for being the living Lord that we follow, that we worship. Amen. The true, living, holy, righteous, loving God. I pray hedge your protection over me and my family and over those who are representing their families on the other side of the screen and on the other side of this mic. In the powerful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray this by faith. Amen and amen. So let's go for it. Amen. Oh, wow. That's dope on the global Analytics, <laughs> Yeah. So let's go for it. Share this out 60 seconds. When we come back, we're going to get into what I'm calling Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. There's more to it than what we think when it comes to Holy Week. Amen. Or some people call it Passion Week. Let's go for it. Amen, we're back. Let's go for it. Let's get into what we have. This is, um, just think about it. Take a, a, a mind walk with me and picture um, Jerusalem, the Holy Land, right? And the time of the last week of Jesus and consider it to be Holy Tuesday. So Monday, Jesus shows up at the temple, right? And he cursed the fig tree, right? The following morning, Jesus returned with his disciples to Jerusalem, Along the way, he cursed the fig tree because it had failed to bear fruit, right? Some scholars consider this cursing of the fig tree to symbolize God's judgment on Israel's spiritually dead religious leaders. Others that study the Bible, they theologians. Others believe the analogy reached to all believers, explaining that true faith is more than just outward religiosity. True living faith must bear spiritual fruit in a person's life, right? So, we're not too sure why he cursed the fig tree. We have ideas, amen? And if you study it out, you'll come up with an idea, but it was done. The point is, he cursed that fig tree, and from my understanding, the people right now, to this very day, from the time he cursed that fig tree to this very day, from my understanding, from my investigation on it, and my due diligence... I hear that that area is still flattened out. It could be built upon, definitely could be built upon. But since Jesus cursed that fig tree in that area, it's still flat land, desolate, still a cursed area. Amen. According to my findings, Sister Nicole, God bless you. Good morning, God bless you. Welcome to the morning devos. Good to see you, my friend and my sister. Amen. So let's go for it. We're say this is Tuesday, and we're hanging out uh, with the people in Jerusalem, amen. Um, put that picture in your mind as we go um, today to the Mount of Olives, amen, on this holy week. So let me get the um, the presentation ready, amen, so that way we could see, and all my podcasters that are online um, on the podcast, you could listen in, amen. You could listen in, and I'm going to read it word for word, Lord willing, right here if everything works out. Let's get into it. There it goes. Okay. Amen. So the Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives. I can't say that too fast. Amen. It, it um It's a tongue twister to me for whatever reason saying that real fast. So, Right? So on Tuesday morning, Jesus and his disciples returned to Jerusalem. Right? Uh, so we know that Monday came and now this is Tuesday. And for all those people who are skeptics of the whole Holy Week story, the whole story of Jesus, but in that matter, listen, we have documented facts, eyewitness documentation of what Jesus did during this Holy Week. Amen. So if you're not going to take the scriptures as historical fact, or you're not going to, you know, look at the Bible as an historic book, then I can't help you. Then you could go to Plato, Socrates and read everything you want to read read. That were so far apart from the original writing until you finally got the print. And you want to believe that? There's really not much I could say or do. But listen, if you have an open heart and open mind, you have to look at the scriptures. You don't have to, but you should look at the scriptures as historical facts. Because why? Because you could look into it for yourself, just like I did, and find out that these historical facts were true and are true to this very day. At the temple, Jesus, excuse me, at the temple, Jewish religious leaders were enraged at Jesus for establishing himself himself as a spiritual authority. As a spiritual authority. Let me tell you why they were angry. In Matthew chapter 21 verse 23, Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. While he was teaching. That's rude. Can you imagine? You're at church, right? And your pastor's preaching. And all of a sudden, somebody just walks up on the pulpit and says, Yo, by what authority are you doing these things? <laughs> That's rude, man. That's crazy, but it happened. So while Jesus entered the temple, he was teaching and the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him and asked this, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? That's a lot of anger and questioning right there while he was teaching. So whatever he was teaching at that point, he was dropping knowledge. He was dropping science. He was dropping truth because it made them angry and they were like, wait a minute. Who gave you this authority because they recognized that what he was saying he was speaking it with authority he was teaching with authority he was preaching with authority well that's because they didn't know who exactly jesus was they didn't know he was the living word the logos the living word of god they didn't know that so they were angry and they were in their feelings and while he was teaching they were asking these questions so you can you picture that with me That's crazy. So on Tuesday, Jesus returned to Jerusalem. Tuesday after that, uh, he was at the temple teaching. He got the people mad. Then they arranged an ambush. An ambush. Can you believe it? They arranged an ambush with the intent to put him under arrest. But Jesus eluded their traps and declared severe judgments on them. So he escaped, but they didn't escape the judgment that he placed on them. What was the judgment? This was the judgment. Blind guides, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Wow. I. Think they messed with the wrong person. Outwardly, you look like righteous people. But inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Snakes. This is the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God. Amen. The one who to this very day, a lot of people think was soft. That he was a person that people just ran through or ran over. And that he didn't have authority. He didn't have power. No, this is the same Jesus that's letting the people know. The religious people of his time. He's letting them know who they are and what's going to happen. If they try to continually get in the way. And no one could stop him anyway, but he was letting them know that they were snakes, sons of vipers. How will you escape the judgment of hell? Now, Jesus is asking them a question. How will you escape the judgment of hell? Because if they're not with the Lord or for the Lord or in agreement with the Lord, who are they in agreement with? Other than themselves and with their religious traditions. And we're going to see, see later on during this week that these religious people were also religious politicians. They weren't just the chief priests, Sadducees, scribes um, for their own sect, S-E-C-T. But they were actually in cahoots with the government because we could see it all over what they were trying to accuse Jesus. Um, they were trying to accuse Jesus to do that he was doing all kind of uh, rebellions against the current authority of their time which was all lies by the way and if you notice that Jesus and when you read about the holy week i don't know if i'm going too far ahead but he was in three mock trials they they brought him to pilate and pilate was like wait a minute um aren't you from galilee aren't you a galilean so then he sent him to herod and herod just so happened to be in jerusalem at the time that they gave him to pilate then pilate found no guilt nothing in him no nothing to charge him with, so he sent him to Herod being that he was a Galilean and Herod was part um, in charge of Galilee, so they sent him to Herod, and then Herod was like the same thing, man, I don't find nothing no reason to put this man to death Um, then he sent him back to Pilate three mock trials, and Pilate was obligated to release someone um, and keep Jesus um, by the traditions and laws of the government, Uh, so these people were in cahoots with the government just to let you know. Now this is where it gets to a point where, like, wait a minute! Not only has does Jesus have uh, authority, he also has prophetic, prophetic um, engagement, prophetic word here. Jesus predicts his own death in John chapter twelve, verses twenty-five to twenty-seven. It says, "Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it." For eternal life. Now I don't have time to break that down. But please don't think that God is telling you to hate yourself. And hate your life. And hate this life. He's really saying. Listen. If you love the world. And the system that you're in. And you love that life that you're living. And you're about that life of sex, drugs, alcohol, and violence. And you could keep that. Right? So anyone who loves that. Will lose it. While anyone who hates their life. In this world, will keep it for eternal life, and he could say that because he holds the power of eternal life, a power of eternal life. The masses media TV says um, rebellion against the ultra religious, ironically, amen. Ultra religious, those who knew scriptures but not God. Yep, and that's still going on, unfortunately, in our day. Verse twenty six. Jesus is saying, whoever serves me must follow me, right? It should be common sense. You serve God, follow God. You believe and worship Jesus, follow him. But it's not, it's not that common anymore, right? People are, are not using common sense a lot. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. Amen. Jesus making it plain. And he goes, my father will honor the one who serves me. So it's always a win-win situation when you're following the Lord, Jesus. Verse 27, Jesus said, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Should I be asking that, Jesus is asking? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. In other words, Jesus was saying saying to the people, I'm not bailing out. I'm going to complete what I started. Isn't that God? God will start something in your life and complete what he started. Jesus inspired. Jesus, the living word. Jesus filled with Holy Spirit. Jesus being the God man. Jesus being the living word says, No, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I was sent for this very reason. I came to this very hour. Specific. Jesus letting the people know and letting us know to this very day. That what he came to do, he completed what he came to do. Amen? So we have a living Savior, a God who loves us. Skip to, um, say John 12, skip to 28 to 30. Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Come on. Makes me want to get up and start running around the studio and start preaching. The crowd that was there and and heard it said it had thundered. So there was a crowd who heard this voice from the father. Letting the son know I will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said this voice was for your benefit. Not mine. I witnessed. Right there, eyewitness testimonies were saying that they heard this voice. And it sounded like thunder. Others said it sounded like an angel had spoken. And Jesus said, so what they were saying, then Jesus said, Nope, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Power move, authority move. Jesus being who he is, is showing authority. He's showing grace. He's showing mercy. He's showing love. He's showing power. Amen. He's prophetic. He's a prophet. More than that. But he does prophesy. He did prophesy his own death. He predicted it. And we can keep on going, man. Skip to 31 to 33 of John chapter 12. Now this is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, Jesus, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. They didn't really understand at the time. We understand it now. Because we know the end of this story. But they didn't understand what he was talking about. But he spoke kingdom. He was speaking kingdom. Right then and there. And he was prophesying. What was going to happen to the devil. The one who w- runs this world system. That he would be defeated right then and there. And then as Jesus would be lifted up. Amen. He would draw all people to himself. Men, women, children, everyone. He would draw it to himself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Because when he was talking about being lifted up, he was talking about a cross being mounted and him lifted up for all to see Amen. what happened to him on that cross. On that cross. Man, I always always get... A little thrown back by that, because I'm like every time I picture my Lord on the cross dying, uh, for guilty people, an innocent man dying for a guilty people, a guilty person like me, I'm like, only the love of God could do that. And then I put myself, and I start thinking, would I have done that, being knowing that I'm innocent? Would I have died for all guilty people? Knowing that I was innocent? Probably not. But thank you, Jesus. I ain't God. I ain't the Lord. I'm not the Savior. Amen? I'm a follower of the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? That's why I believe so much in Jesus and who he is. Is because he changed my life. And I know a lot of people that could testify of how Jesus changed their life as well. So we are the chosen people. Many are called, few are chosen. Amen. And Jesus gave us some ideas right then and there. Some amazing ideas that are common sense ideas. Want to follow him? Want to worship him? Follow him. Like, it's a no-brainer. But because of this information age that we're in, a lot of people are, are artificial intelligence people now. They want to look everything up through the internet. They want to look up about Jesus, about eternal life, about salvation, about the Bible. And they're getting all this information from outside sources instead of going to the source, which is the Word of God. So we can see Holy Week. So if you go to uh, Google or Bing or an artificial intelligence search engine and you ask them about Holy Week, you get a whole bunch of external ideas, concepts, um, Rarely will they quote any scriptures and it's designed to give you kind of like what you're looking for if you really think about it. A lot of people out in this world are not really looking for truth anymore. They're looking for happiness and because what's going, what's about to happen with our economy when it collapses uh, people are going to try to search for things that's going to uh, give them ways to escape what's going to happen which is not possible. But if you're in the kingdom of God Amen. Our economy and the world's economy, the kingdom, the economy of the kingdom of God, and the economy of this world system are totally different. So while everybody's um, whatever financial status is about to collapse in this world system, the kingdom of God is untouched. You're going to see that real quick. There's going to be a crazy exchange of financial gain. It's going to transfer from the wicked people of this world to the righteous people in the kingdom. Mark my words because it's in the scripture. And the the portion of the wicked are stored up for the righteous. Amen. The scripture says it. So we're going to see uh, an exchange. In, in This side of eternity. Um, for the good of the kingdom. And for the good of the people of God. And many, many, many will come by way. When they see that, they're going to say... Um, I want to go over there. They're not going to want to stay where they are financially, spiritually, or anything like that. So, God's going to have an awakening um, coming to not only this nation, but all over the world. People are going to start realizing the lies in the enemy. They're going to be like, man, I've been lied to. And they're going to go to the truth of the Lord and Savior Jesus. And the Holy Week is a perfect time for you to make that exchange in your own soul, in your own life right now. You might be thinking, man, Uh, Something ain't right. Yeah, you're right. Something is not right. You're not made in right standing with the Lord. You're not in right standing with God if you don't position yourself to be saved, born again. So this world will trap you. This world will deceive you. Amen. This system is designed to do that. And guess what? This system is also going to fail and collapse and fall right on its face. Those who knew scriptures, but not God. Oh, I, I, I already put that on the screen already. Sorry, I thought that was another... Another comment from my brother Gio, Damascus Media TV. By the way, he dropped two videos, um, 12 a.m. today. Amen. Go check it out on his YouTube channel. Just look up um, Damascus Media TV, and you'll find him on YouTube as well. So, congratulations, by the way. So, listen. Jesus said, "What? Whatever Jesus said is worth finding out why he said it." This prophecy. In his, in his quotes there's um, endorsement of the old covenant in his quotes there's life in his quotes there's blessing and cursing in what Jesus says right and it's authority that's why he was always being challenged by his religious leaders, the religious leaders of his time people were always mad at the Lord if you're religious right now you're mad at Jesus it's, it's, it's just going to be that way. But he dealt all the time with religious people. Let them know. Um, reminded them of who they were talking to. So, so don't get it twisted. Jesus was not a, a, how you call it? A pushover. He was not just, you know, uh, the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. He's also the king of kings and the lord of the lords and the line of the tribe of Judah. Amen. He's the living word. So when they would try to trap Jesus, he was on the Mount of Olives, when he would go into the synagogues, when he would preach and when he would teach, and they would try to trap him, he always was two thousand steps ahead of them. Knew what they were thinking, knew what they were gonna say, knew where they were coming from, and he would always say, Listen, you don't know the not always, but sometimes he would say, You don't know the scriptures. He would call them voodoo vipers, snakes, sons of the devil. Um, Religious people at his time They thought they were all that They thought they were righteous, self-righteous They thought they were right standing They were still waiting for the Messiah Yet they were accusing the Messiah of blasphemy They were still waiting for the Messiah Yet they were calling the Messiah right there in front of them um, The prince of demons and all this other stuff Accusing him, mocking him Putting him in mock trials Falsely accusing him of causing rebellions and all that stuff You know the crazy thing about that? They were accusing Jesus of causing a rebellion, and they also lied and said he was forbidding the religious people or his people to pay the taxes to Caesar. That was a complete lie. And then, guess what? They freed Barabbas, a one who is known for murder and known for insurrection, known for causing riots in his city. They exchanged a, a guilty man for an innocent man. The gospel message is all about that. Jesus, the innocent man, the God man, exchanged his life guilty people like us but now he says not guilty if you put your trust hope and faith in his love and his power and in his finished work amen he would say you're not guilty anymore I'm humbled appreciate the shout out and love hope you enjoyed the songs yeah they have accents you have to you have to hit me up and I want to know where they're from because I I like the accents that they have he came to save Barabbas in a few ways intentionally (laughs) Yes, sir. So listen, I'm out of time. This is part of holy week. Amen. You know, just just really do a USA in your life, right? Peace to you, Amen, and peace to me. And let's focus on what happened the week before Jesus went to the cross. And then he went to the cross on a Friday. And because of that Friday, we have a resurrection on a Sunday. Amen. So they came from Malawi. Wow, okay. God bless. God bless you, Sister Nicole. God bless you. Thank you for another great morning devotional. Oh, I'm humbled by that. I try my best, amen, to do these. So God bless you all. God keep you all. And remember always that God is good. Peace.
1: Plus.